Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. During the course of our lives, most of us have encountered a few individuals who have had a significant and important impact on our lives. It might have been a parent, a close friend, a teacher, a pastor, or even a stranger. But their presence and intervention helped you make a critical decision. And here we could even be talking about a circumstance in which one is virtually standing at a fork in life's road, having to choose one path or another, truly a life-changing event with enormous implications. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Beth Butler, whose parents had to make such a decision on her behalf when she was a very young child. I recently heard Beth tell her inspirational story at the Christian Ophthalmology Breakfast Meeting, and speaking of making decisions, I immediately decided that you, my faithful listeners, would be as captivated as I was to hear her tale and the implications it could have for each of us. So without further ado, Beth Butler, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan. It's great to be here. Beth, you know, and listeners, I had never met Beth before hearing her speak, but it turns out that her story involves her eyesight And the decision that changed her life was made as a result of a consultation years ago with Dr. J. Lawton Smith, a professor of neuro-ophthalmology at the Bascom Palmer Eye Institute in Miami. Bascom Palmer Eye Institute is where I trained many years ago. And in fact, Dr. J. Lawton Smith was my professor of neuro-ophthalmology and a most unique and unforgettable man of faith and character. Beth, how did you first get to meet Jay Lawton Smith, and how did that meeting change your life? Well, uh, Dr. Dan, it started, and of course, this was many, many years ago, um, and, uh, you know, your listeners can can do math and figure out my age potentially, but that's okay. Um, I um, was age four, um, when uh, I actually had, had visited my great-grandmother, um, who was in West Virginia. I was with my grandparents at the time. And uh, she was the one that really brought it to my grandparents' attention that uh, I had continued to move closer to the, to the television. 
And, um, you know, a lot of kids do that and they pull you back and say, you know, it could hurt your eyes. And, and so they, she, she'd tell me to sit back and away and, and pretty soon I'd be back up in front of the television again. And so my great grandmother was really the one that, uh, looked at my grandparents and said, you know, you, you probably need to, to get her eyes checked when, uh, when you, you get her back down to, to Florida, uh, which is where my, my family lived. And, um, so when I returned, um, the, the journey kind of started and, um, I went and saw a, a local, um, ophthalmologist there in Naples, Florida, which is where I grew up. And initially the diagnosis was, that and I, I don't know the the medical terminology that was used, but in in essence, my parents were told that I would I would lose full sight, um, that I would I would go totally blind. And um, again, I was not aware of this till I was much older. Um, but it was around uh, it was around Christmas time, I believe. And you know, there was just this this heavy heartedness of this could be best last Christmas to see the Christmas tree and kind of all of this. And in the midst of kind of working through some of this, um, the, you know, the idea was let's go and get a second opinion. And, um, obviously the Boston Palmer was right there, not far from Naples. And, uh, so we took a, a trip over to, to Boston Palmer and, um, got an appointment with Dr. J. Lawton Smith. I will say this because I think it's important, uh, and really to demonstrate to uh, the, the, the hand of what I believe is God um, in the midst of, of the entire journey. But um, we had a, a gal that would come and clean the house um, uh, fairly regularly, once a week maybe, um, at that time. And her name was Maria. And I remember this as, as again, a four-and-a-half, five-year-old uh, child. And she looked at me. I was watching her clean. <clears throat> and she looked at me and she said, Mary Beth, she said, have you prayed? Um, and I kind of looked at her and said, no. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, why don't you go find a real quiet place and just pray and ask Jesus to heal your eyes? And so I did what I was told to do. And I went in the bathroom and I'll never forget just standing there very simply and saying a very simple prayer. Um, and, um, you know, Jesus heal my eyes and not really understanding, you know, obviously the full, um, impact of even the condition that I had and kind of the diagnosis and conversations that were going on and what that long-term prognosis looked like at that time. And, um, so I, we proceed to, to go to, to, uh, Miami. And, um, uh, I remember going into the, to the examination room and, and, uh, Dr. Smith was a very, uh, what, what appeared to me, at least at that time, he was very tall and he had a, a very strong presence about him, a big presence about him. And, one of the first things that he did is he looked at my parents before he started the exam, and he said, do you mind if we pray? And so they, of course, said no, and so we joined hands and we prayed before he um, he did the exam. And so we proceed, and at that time, I'd been through so many visual field tests that it was like a game anyway. You know, you'd have the, the, the penny that they give you to tap underneath the table and watch the lights and do all these things. So <clears throat> we finished the, um, the um, exam. And uh, Dr. Smith came um, he came back into the to the office and and um, he said, okay. He said, so here's here's what she has. She's got hypoplasia of the optic nerve. And um, he said, uh, you know, it should not progress. Uh, it should it it should you know stay stay the same. He said, but I will tell you that that children as a whole do, do not want to be unsafe. And so if anything changes in her vision, she will be the first to come to tell you. 
um, that something has changed, and you need you know you need to trust that she will not want to be in harm's way, and she will not want to feel unsafe. And he then said, you know, you take her home and you treat her like your other two daughters. And I have two older sisters who um, are, are fully sighted and don't have any vision problems. And he said, um, you take her home and treat her like your other two daughters, or you will make a cripple out of her. And um, at that time, I didn't, you know, didn't really think too much about that statement. Um, but, you know, fast forward, um, went home to Naples and, uh, you know, was in public schools. Um, my, my parents allowed me to ride my bike unassisted to friend's house, just like everybody else did. Um, I played slow pitch and fast pitch softball and, um, marched in the band, you know, was, was, um, captain of my Eagle, captain of the Eagleette squad, which was the pom-pom squad at our high school. So, I mean, I truly, didn't have any restrictions in terms of what I could or couldn't do. And um, I guess the, the impact of that really didn't hit me until, until I became a parent myself. And um, I think those of us that have gone through that experience, you know that at the time that you, you know, bring a child into this world, there's nothing you want more than to protect that baby and to, to make sure that they're safe. And so after I had my son, it really you know, hit me the, um, just the, the, the struggle, you know, and the challenge and, um, the courage that my parents had of trusting Dr. Smith and his, um, his directive and his, his guidance in that, um, that, you know, it, it is something that you have to trust, but not setting those restrictions. I truly believe impacted how I moved forward, um, not only in school, um, but in, in my life journey. Um, and so, you know, that, that was a, a very profound moment um, in my life. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum will be right back after a quick break. Now I'm talking with Beth, Beth Butler, who currently lives in, in Charlotte. Uh, she works with the North Carolina Business Leadership Network. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But she had an experience with an extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary ophthalmologist, an extraordinary ph- physician, Dr. J. Lawton Smith. But Dr. J. Lawton Smith was my, as I said, was my professor of ophthalmology at Baskin Palmer Eye Institute in Miami, Florida. And he was, he was a man of faith. He was a man of of incredible intellect, incredible kindness. Uh, I cannot say enough wonderful things about him. My experience with him is that it was as a teacher, and that is what he was, an unbelievable teacher. Every Saturday morning, he had a neuro-ophthalmology conference uh, in which he brought uh, patients and he demonstrated different aspects of neuro-ophthalmological disease, and that place was packed every Saturday morning with ophthalmologists, neurologists, and neurosurgeons, uh, all residents and and faculty members who just could not get enough of of a teacher who loved his profession so much. He loved his profession, and of course, he loved our Lord also. He was a very religious man. And I know, Beth, that is something that probably impressed you as a child as well. It did. Absolutely. And um, I think back on, 
on 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 even just that initial um, meeting with Dr. Smith and um, and you know I recognize and again this this journey through um, through my vision um, problems over over the course of my life and I, I say problems I mean I, I'm I'm to me I'm extremely um, grateful for for the vision that I do have you know and and um, looking at me and you met me at the conference I mean looking at me you wouldn't know that I was legally blind. Um, and I think, um, you know, so people say, well, what, what's it like? You know, well, I see 2200 vision in each eye. That's my visual acuity. And, um, but I've never known any different, right? So I've had a lifetime of, uh, of just, you know, adapting to what I know. Um, people often say, well, what do you see? I mean, can you see me? Can you... Good news is for your listeners, I don't drive. Okay, so <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys remember the cartoon Mr. Magoo, but um, you know that—that's probably. Uh, I tried to talk to my um, to 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 the uh, doctor in in Naples at the time when I turned sixteen, and tried to convince him that um, you know going up in Naples, the fact that I could see over the steering wheel, you know, and that I was you know less than 85 years old was a positive thing and um, could probably maneuver a car better than most on the road down there, but uh, they didn't buy it. And uh, the big thing is um, they were, you know, concerned about my ability to react. Um, my, my peripheral vision, you know, has some limitations, but really my ability to react if, if something were to pull out in front of me, if a car was to pull out in front of me or a child was to run out, and, you know, I, I obviously want to stay safe and, and make sure that I'm not going to harm anybody. That said, people do ask me, you know, have you ever driven a car? And I have to say that I have. Um, uh, now, I, I'm, I've never had a driver's license. And let me just clear this up so that there's not anybody knocking on my door. Um, my mom always felt like it was a good idea to, just in case of an emergency, to teach me how to operate a, a motor vehicle. So um, she taught me how to, you know, to, to drive a car and would, would allow me to drive with her uh, to the grocery store and that type of thing uh, occasionally. So, um, you know, to say I've never driven is probably not, not the case. Um, you know, that said, I think uh, that, again, the, the message um, in, in Dr. Smith's, um, you know, the power of the words that he, um, that he gave to my parents to then come back, um, and, and impact my world was, was, was tremendous. And, um, my, you know, my faith, we, we were not, we, we grew up, uh, as Presbyterians, we were in church, um, but church in, in my relationship with the Lord didn't really strengthen until after law school, um, until, well, actually after, after college. And what's interesting is I have always seen my vision problem as, you know, it, it's part of God's plan. You know, I mean, I look at the opportunities that I've had. I look at um, just my life's journey and I'm, I'm not, I'm not sorry for, you know, for, for the fact that um, I see 2200 vision, because I think there are so many things in my life that um, had it not been for my vision problem, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't have experienced. And let me let me kind of explain a little bit of that because um, I look at even even the kind of parent that I am, um, uh, and and really the way I kind of maneuver through life. And and I know this sounds kind of Pollyanna, but oh well. Um, 
you know, people say, well, what, how do you see? And I, I often describe it as a Monet painting, right? So I can, I can see that there's a tree and it's a beautiful green tree, but I don't pick up the details. So I don't see the leaves on the tree. So I don't know what kind of tree it is. Um, the same thing with birds, right? And, and, and things that, that people just see, flowers, just the details. I, I appreciate the color um, and the, kind of the overall, but it doesn't, the detail doesn't jump out at me. And so that can be actually a really good thing, especially if, uh, you know, I remember the first house that my ex-husband and I bought um, was in a really sweet little area. And it was a beautiful little place. But, um, and I thought everything was beautiful around it, right? Well, not so much. I mean, you know, it looks like a beautiful little sweet white house across the street, but there's actually a, a rusted out, you know, uh, refrigerator on the front porch or something. You know, I didn't see that, right? I just saw the pretty front, you know, it looked fine to me. I can't tell that the, the chip, you know, the paint chipping and that kind of thing. So there are some um, benefits uh, to to that. So I'm probably a bit of a cheap date when it comes to that. The other thing is, um, I'm not impressed, right, by the kind of cars people drive, right? The kind of car. I don't see the labels on things like that. So it could be a Ford Fiesta. It could be a BMW. Um, as long as it has four wheels, quite frankly, and can get me from point A to point B, I'm good. So um, I see those as as blessings for me and that um, a lot of, you know, I, I don't get tripped up on the, the material stuff, there's an appreciation for um, for just reality, right? For for being real and authentic, and um, I think that has a lot to do with uh, with with some of my my vision issues. Um, I I often uh, talk about and when, when you know, and especially now that my son's 16, right? You have to look back <laughs> and remember those sweet times <laughs> when they can't talk, um, and uh, you. Um, but but I have always you know seen the um, the the parenting and and because that was a big challenge I mean you know that that's a, a fear I think anybody that's ready to become a parent um, is concerned because they don't children don't come with instructions um, and uh, you're just uncertain as to whether or not you're going to you know be equipped to handle it and of course we find out very very quickly that none of us are and to me it's only by God's grace. And uh, that that any of us get to the other side of that. Um, but I, I do remember um, being in the hospital. I think I, I shared this uh, at the conference when the, the when when I spoke to you, Doctor Dan. Um, you know, you're you're in that hospital room and you've just become a new mom, and uh, yeah, it's a little overwhelming. And people are trying to show you how to hold the baby and nurse the baby and all of these things and um, but you know, I've I've always just had a peace about everything. My my philosophy is: look, God's wired me, right? He has created me, so He's equipped me to handle anything that comes my way. Anything that, that I mean, He's already He's there, and so this was no different than that. Um, but I remember having that the, the nurse had come in and she was giving me some instruction about something, and um, my 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 son, not unlike a lot of uh, babies when they're born, they take in a lot of extra fluid. I think when they, when, you know, when they, when they arrive, and so they're coughing and kind of they, they, you know, have a lot of this liquid that that um, they can potentially choke on. But then you know you just uh, you know what to do. They, the nurses show you how to do this, and 
so my son was in the nursery with me. He was, he was in the in the crib there uh, in the hospital room, and and um, the nurse had her back to him, and she was talking to me. And um, immediately I heard his his little you know gasp for I knew he was choking. Just I could hear it. Couldn't see anything, but I could hear it. And so she's talking to me, and I said, "Excuse me for just a minute." And I stepped away and picked the baby up and turned him over and you know, cleared the fluid out of, and, and she just looked at me and our, our jaw dropped and she said, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> she said, you're, you're going to be fine. I, I think you've got this. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.